Welcome to Live Free Church. We're a church that's passionate about reaching people at all costs. Here you can find all our recent sermons. We are so glad that you joined us today. We want people to live free lives ultimately found in Jesus because we believe that free people, free people. Welcome to Live Free Church Online. Um, we're so glad that you, you've joined us. My name is David McMaster, and uh, I'm a pastoral apprentice with Live Free Church. Um, about uh, a year ago now, um, my wife and I moved to be a part of this church plant because we, we deeply wanted to see people um, set free through the resurrection of Jesus. Last week, Pastor Bob, if you, if you caught his message, um, he's on our church board. He preached this great message on um, what it means to be a slave for Christ and how to endure and even glorify God in your suffering. Um, I'd high, highly recommend you go listen to it because um, this sermon is, is a continuation of, of this paragraph that Peter's going through. Um, we're going to be looking at, at sort of three ideas today. The first one is that Jesus is our example, Jesus is our atonement, and that Jesus is our shepherd. And, and we're going to see what this means in the midst of suffering. Um, Peter is speaking to, to Christian slaves in this section. Um, we're in Canada 2020, and it's a little different. We don't have slavery like it was back then, um, but there's still moments and times when, when we might suffer unjustly. Um, Peter is going to show us that as Christians, we're called to endure suffering as, as Christ endured, and, and he's our example of that, um, and we'll look at that in a little bit. I think it would be safe to say that we often avoid suffering. No one really wants to suffer, right? I, I know that I'm guilty of this. This is why we have things like hospitals. When, when you go through something um, like a physical injury, you go to the hospital and they'll fix you and they'll take away that suffering. I think we live in a society that, that elevates pleasure and convenience over pain and suffering. We live in an interesting time in history where I think we can, we can choose to suffer or not. For example, if you look at medicine, the goal of medicine is oftentimes to fix, numb, or cure suffering in your life. If you have a headache, you don't think twice about um, popping a Tylenol or an ibuprofen to take away that headache. I'm not saying that, that medicine is bad, but I'm actually saying that, that it does pretty incredible things for us but sometimes I think we forget what suffering looks like in our society because it's so easy just to numb it or escape from it. I know, I know we all have escapes. For me, it's, it's oftentimes social media or, or TV where I can put something on and I don't have to think about it or what's going on in my life. I can escape. We're uncomfortable with, with suffering in our society. Uh, it was interesting. I was at a, a park the other day in Kelowna, Knox Mountain, and there was this uh, telephone pole that had this poster on it that, that said, um, wake up, Kelowna, COVID-19 isn't real. This is a conspiracy theory that, that the government's trying to control you. And the more I thought about that, I think the heart of, of that response that, that people are making this up is because they don't want to believe that people are actually suffering or dying from covid they would rather believe in their minds that, that the government is trying to control them than to believe that, that suffering might actually be real and things might 
that COVID-19 is actually causing people to suffer and even die. No technological advance or medical research has ever fully taken away suffering. I strongly believe that God can use suffering uh, to win people to Jesus. And I hope as Christians, we would take that opportunity. As we see, we're gonna look at Jesus who went through intense suffering on his way to the cross, but because he endured, he saved your life. We're all gonna go through some sort of suffering in our life. Whether it be you as a victim, maybe it's sickness, pain, grief, it could be unjust treatment. I think as Christians, we've often times forgotten or have never been taught how to suffer well. The type of suffering we're gonna be looking at today is this idea of unjust treatment. And I hope that through Peter's letter that we together can, can figure out what it means to suffer as Christ is our example. And if anything, I want you to walk away seeing that, that Jesus suffered and that he saved his life, saved your life because of it. So here's the context. Peter's speaking to Christian slaves who are suffering unjustly. But as you will see, this is applicable to us today too. So if you have a Bible, we're reading the CSB translation, which is a great translation. It's accurate. It's easy to read. Um, you can download the app on your phone if, if you don't have a Bible. Um, and then follow along with me, or it'll be on the screen beside me. So we're going to look at 1 Peter 2, verses 21 to 25. And it says this, For you are called to this, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, that you should follow in his steps. He did not commit sin. No deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he did not insult in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds, you've been healed, for we were like sheep going astray, but you have now returned to the shepherd, the overseer of your souls." There are, there are three different observations that, that I'd like to pull from this passage that, that Peter talks about. And, and I mentioned them before. It's that Jesus is our example. Jesus is our atonement. And Jesus is our shepherd. I'm going to look at the first one, Jesus as our example. And I'm going to read verse 21 to 23 again that says this. For you were called to this because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Jesus committed no sin there was no deceit in his mouth, and when he was insulted, he did not insult in return. For you were called. If you are a follower of Jesus, you've been called to endure suffering in this life because Jesus endured suffering. Jesus never said that your life would get easier following him. Um, there's some different um, people that claim that, that Christianity will give you health and wealth and prosperity. But if you read the New Testament, that's not what Jesus teaches us. And actually, the Christian walk is full of suffering. But how you suffer can actually be a witness to unbelievers. But that also doesn't mean you go out looking for suffering. Um, I remember a few years ago, back in the olden days before there was um, Twitter or news apps. You had to go and, and watch the news on your TV. And um, 
I remember watching this news story. It was right around Easter time. And there was this group of, of Catholics that, that went and they wanted to feel the suffering that Jesus went through by putting, they crucified themselves on a cross. They put themselves on a cross where they'd hang all day. And I remember being troubled with that because they missed the point. They, they missed the point that, that Jesus already did that for them. They don't need to do that. But I think when suffering comes your way, which it will, you're called to endure as Christ demonstrated. We don't go out looking for suffering because suffering is going to come no matter what. But this kind of endurance will eventually lead to glory and heaven. So let's look at, at Christ's example. Um, I don't know about you, but when I've often been hurt by people or treated unjustly by people, my heart and my mind often go to sin. And I think we've all had those inner dialogues where we replay arguments in our head or we, we think about different outcomes or um, like we wish I had said this or I wish I had done this to the person or I wish I had punched that person out. Um, but, but let's be clear, that's sin. That's what not to do. And actually, Jesus shows us something else that we could do. Instead, Peter, who walked with Jesus, he saw how Jesus handled every situation and how Jesus had handled every person that had ever had an issue with him. He saw that Jesus responded in a perfect and godly way every single time. I think it's, it's true that the intimate relationships often reveal that we are sinners. I remember when, we, when I first got married, uh, you know, the first little while was, was unicorns and rainbows and we were deeply in love. And then once that honeymoon phase sort of wore off, you realize that we're both sinful human beings. And it's pretty obvious that I'm not perfect and, and neither was she. Peter literally spent years with Jesus. Peter firsthand saw that Jesus never had committed a sin in the worst moments, the moments where people were coming at Jesus, angry at him, he saw Jesus keep it together every single time and never sin. And Peter is a testimony to that. Jesus never deceived anyone. That means he didn't manipulate people. He didn't deceive people in what he wanted them to do. But Jesus was actually very clear about his teaching and what he was calling people towards, which was often grounded in scripture. When Jesus was insulted, he didn't insult in return. That might be something that a few of us need to hear today. Just because you've been insulted does not give you a right to insult back. When Jesus was on the cross, when he, he was um, up there, there was people mocking him and, and saying awful things to him. And, and he did this crazy thing, this radical thing. He, he actually prayed for them in that moment. You know, the next time someone flips you off or, or calls you something mean, let's do something radical. Let's pray for them. Because that's what Jesus, the person we've been called to follow, the person we've been called to imitate, that's what he modeled for us in his worst moment. The best thing you could do, I think, is show love in return when people hate you. Continuing on in verse 23, he says, Jesus did not threaten, but entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. 
And I think this is actually a profound statement. And, and I'd actually like to sit in this for a moment because I think some of you need to hear this. God has seen your suffering. God has seen everything that's been wicked and unjust that's been done to you. He's seen your hurt. He's seen your pain. And you need to know that there will be justice. But it's not your responsibility. As Jesus suffered on the cross, as he was mocked, beaten, spit on, whipped, he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly, who is God the Father. Jesus was a willing sacrifice. As Jesus was on the cross, he could have easily come down and poured out his justice on these people that were mocking him. But instead, he entrusts and demonstrates that the Father will one day judge justly with sin. Some of you might have anger, you might have bitterness, you're going to have resentment, or you might even have really deep wounds. But the implication of what Jesus modeled was that sin will either be paid for in full on the cross through Jesus or for eternity in hell. Justice belongs to God and he will not let a sin done to you go unpaid for. All sin will be paid for. So the good news is that you don't, you don't need to take that responsibility on. If we want to be Jesus followers, then we need to follow Jesus' example in the midst of suffering. Peter was speaking to slaves who were undergoing unjust treatment. They would have known very well what suffering would look like. But I think that applies to us too. Some of you might be suffering at work or, or at home. And if you can get out of it, get out of it. But, but know that in your suffering that God has seen it. And the good news is when you endure suffering, it will one day lead to glory. In your suffering, look to the one day where your suffering will be no more. And you will be with Jesus in heaven where all suffering is gone. Endure now, but anticipate the future with Jesus in all his glory. The second thing, Jesus as our atonement. Verse 24 says this, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. So atonement means this. It's the action of making amends for a wrong. Jesus is far more than our example. He is our sin bearer. And this is incredible. And this is what sets us apart from every other religion. Jesus literally bore your sins. And bore is this word for carry. Jesus literally carried your sins on his shoulders. Every, every bad thing you've ever done, every thought that you fantasized about, every good thing that you didn't do, he took, he carried it on himself where it was paid in full by Jesus. To help understand this relationship between God paying for your sin and also being this perfect judge, imagine for, your, for a minute, you're, you're going down the highway, you're going really fast, and you get pulled over by a cop who 
who arrests you because you're so far over the speed limit that, that you have to go stand before a judge. Now, the judge happens to be your father, and your, your father is a well-respected judge. He's, he's very just, but you also know that he loves you because you're his son or daughter. And, and as, as the, uh, the trial's going on, the judge declares that you're guilty. And, and actually that there's a, there's a penalty. He loves you, but there's still a punishment for what you did. And, and so he, he gives the verdict, you're guilty, you owe $10,000 to the court. But as, as the verdict comes in, your father, the judge, comes down and, and, and comes before the court and says, actually, I'm gonna pay that, that penalty for my son. And, and that's, I think, represents a true story for us, that a sin must be paid for. There's still a consequence. And either you have to pay for it yourself or you allow Jesus to pay for it for you. You owe a debt of sin. But because Jesus is willing to take it on himself and pay for it, you can walk free and you can live into righteousness. Verse 24 continues on and says, by your wounds you have been healed. Peter's audience would have known well the wounds of suffering. Some of you have deep wounds. Allow Jesus to come in and heal you. Jesus can heal you, but you have to want to be healed. And then you have to allow Jesus to come in to your life and heal you. I, our church is called Live Free Church, and I love that name because it's a constant reminder that Jesus is in the business of freeing people. That might not mean you're free from your circumstance. You know, the slaves that, that Peter was speaking to, they couldn't get out of their, their slavery. But they've been set free from sin. They can be set free from the things done to them, and they can find freedom knowing that Jesus has secured your future. And why do we know this? Why did Peter believe that Jesus could heal people? Because he saw Jesus rise from the dead. He saw Jesus, he literally saw Jesus carry your sin to the cross. He saw that Jesus dealt with your sin on the cross. And he saw that every wound done to Jesus did not keep him dead but rather Jesus rose three days later in victory. You want to know why Christianity is the only true religion? It's because it's the only religion that says it is finished. It's complete. There's nothing more for you to do. God did it himself. Religion says do. Christianity says done. That means some of you need to stop atoning for your sin. Stop carrying it on your shoulders because Jesus already did that for you. He's, he carried your sin to the cross. Your religiosity is not going to make, make God love you more than he already does right now. When God looks at you, he sees you clothed in Christ's perfection. So stop trying to earn your salvation. It's already been earned for you. It's a gift. Open it and receive it like a child receiving a gift at Christmas. Rejoice celebrate and worship. Jesus' suffering is our model because it is our salvation. 
The third thing, Jesus as our shepherd. Verse 25 says this, for you are like sheep going astray, but you have now returned to the shepherd, the overseer of your soul. You know, I I love that the Bible often compares us to sheep. I did some reading the other day on sheep because I wanted to know how relatable we actually are as a human race to sheep. And here's a few things I found out. Sheep can be foolish. Sheep can be stubborn. Sheep are straying and they can often wander. And sheep need a shepherd. And I, I feel like I can relate to all those things. I remember when I was a much younger kid, um, I had to go to this church program every week. And this was before I was following Jesus. And, and I hated it. Every week, the teachers would, would try and make me memorize this verse. And, and every week, they'd bring me out to the hall and ask me, hey, did you memorize this verse? And no, because I, I wanted nothing to do with it. But I was stubborn. I was foolish. I was straying and I was wandering. I was wandering like a sheep without a shepherd. But Jesus, the good shepherd, never stopped pursuing me. He, he left the 99 sheep, which is this reference to Luke 15, 3 to 7. If you have a chance, go read that. And he came searching for me until I was brought back into the flock. And I wouldn't be here today if that wasn't true. I wonder if there's, if there's some of you that are wandering with no hope right now. You're hopelessly wandering through life. The Bible tells us that, that the good shepherd leaves the, the sheep that are okay and goes after that one sheep that is hopelessly wandering. If that's you, I think Jesus is searching for you. Jesus is not only the good shepherd who gives his life for the sheep, he's also the seeking shepherd, the Lord who gathers his flock. So be filled with joy when Jesus rescues you through the atoning sacrifice and secures your soul for eternity. Jesus is our example, Jesus is our atonement, and Jesus is our shepherd. I think, I think some of you are going through suffering. And I think the best thing to know is that you're not alone in your suffering and you're not defined by your suffering. Jesus knows he can relate to your circumstance. And not only that, but, but Jesus shows you how to endure and how to be an example to others in your suffering. I think some of you are hurting. And I've heard this said that that hurt people often hurt people. As Christians, I think we should try and break that. When Jesus was hurt by people, he trusted God who was the perfect judge knowing that, that anything bad done would be paid for later on. Remember that if if you've been hurt, God saw it and God will deal with it and God can restore you. And I think some of you will go through suffering. There's this book in the the Old Testament called Job. And if you ever have a chance, I highly recommend that you go and read it. God allowed Job to go through some intense suffering. And he shows us that there's, there's one of two options when we suffer. You either curse God or you praise God. So when suffering comes your way, which one is it going to be? I'm, I'm praying that, that as Christians, we would be so filled with hope that no amount of suffering would ever take away our joy. And I'm praying that, 
that we'd be Christians so deeply changed and set free by the gospel that non-believers would desire that kind of hope. And I'm praying that, that we would, Christians would know that Jesus is our good shepherd. He's protecting his flock. He's protecting you. And if you're a Christian, he's secured your eternity. Jesus is our example. Jesus is our atonement. Jesus is our shepherd. Follow Jesus' example. Believe Jesus paid it all. And rest knowing that Jesus is your shepherd and he's looking after you. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, I thank you that you love us. I thank you that you carried our sin on your shoulders and you paid for it all. Thank you that you watch over us and that you are with us when we suffer. Help us to glorify you in the midst of suffering and help us to be a light to your gospel. We love you, Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to our podcast. Share with your friends. We would love for you to join our movement. All you have to do is go to livefree.church to join us.